Hi, I'm Arlen Walker, and I am live from Pelham's Wasteland, and today I'm going to do an overview of some Robin Hood-related RPG rule sets, things that you can use for a Robin Hood-related game. So, um, yeah, let's let's get into it. So the first one I'm going to be looking at is called Wolf's Head, a world of adventure for Fate Core. Um, Wolf's Head is basically a um, a version of Robin Hood that is the um, Anglo-Saxons trying to fight back against the Norman Conquest style thing. But it's it's very much that type of outlaw in the forest fighting back against the knights. And you don't have to do Robin Hoody things, although it's sort of expected that you will. Um, as for what the system is, it's Fate Core, um, and it works just the way you would expect for Fate. Um, for those of you who don't know, with Fate, what you do is you take the rating of whatever it is that you're doing. You have fairly broad, kind of open-ended skills. You roll four six-sided dice. These dice, two sides have a plus, two sides have a minus, and two sides are blank. And that gets you a modifier to add on to your rating. And that determines your success or failure and what you're doing. The other big thing with fate is aspects. And aspects are basically like sentences or phrases, things that you can um, use to alter the, the situation or that represent things about the situation that you could take advantage of. So like the, the classic example that I always think of is that in a dog fighting game in my sights or on our six are two aspects that basically mean one character in a fighter plane is behind the other character in a fighter plane and therefore has an advantage trying to shoot down the one that is in front, right? Cause fighter planes shoot forward the one on the six of the other, as in, you know, right behind the other one, is going to shoot him down. Anyway, um, one of the cool things about, so the Worlds of Adventure for Fate Core from Evil Hat, they're um, pay what you want on DriveThruRPG. I'm pretty sure all of them are like that, because um, they're pretty short. It's like 50 pages of suggestions for... Um, how to play this particular flavor of fate. Um, and it's pretty cool. It's got, uh, I have never run more than a tiny bit of fate. So, um, you will have to ask somebody else about how it runs long term and how it, how well it works and all that sort of stuff. But, um, Anyway, it's uh, pretty, seems pretty cool. There's a lot of material here in terms of what you um, might actually use at the table while still having a pretty um, open-ended, you know, there's, there's lots of room for the GM to come up with whatever they want. Um, but yeah, a wolf's, wolf's head outlaws and rebellion in feudal England. It's pretty cool. It's a sort of Robin hoodie style game. That's the first one that I looked at.
So the next one is Sherwood, the Legend of Robin Hood. Sherwood, the Legend of Robin Hood is um, a multi-system, or rather there are different versions for different systems of this document published by Battlefield Press, and it is designed for Robin Hood role-playing. The one that I got is the Swords and Wizardry one, but there's also a 5e one and a Savage Worlds one, and at least one more type. Um, If I was going to use this, I'd probably... I don't know if I would use this with Swords and Wizardry or if I would get the 5e one and use that. Um, In the Swords and Wizardry version, it comes with a number of special classes. The idea is all of the characters will be of the human race, but then they will be of a certain class. They also introduce a meta currency called swashbuckling points, which are designed to be used to, you know, do cool things and all of that sort of stuff. Um, there's equipment, there's some special, um, semi-historical, what they call inventions, which are special things. Um, swashbuckling, there's a whole thing on different special maneuvers in combat that you can do and suggestions for how to use these maneuvers or how to, um, adjudicate players who want to do these maneuvers. So things like walking on a, a beam kind of tightrope obviously not, not a real tightrope, but you know, like fighting on a beam back and forth or um, cartwheeling around the, the battlefield, all of the sort of silly things that would happen in a um, sort of Errol friend, Errol Flynn, Robin hood. Um, Oh, there's a Pathfinder edition too. Um, Then we've got information about the world. A gazetteer of 13th century England, Sherwood campaigns, fully statted out characters for a bunch of the famous members of the Robin Hood gang, the famous characters. Um, There's a special section on mythic Sherwood, which is basically using more fantasy elements in your Sherwood campaign, including some um, a list, uh, a bestiary with some kind of appropriate creatures. Um, Anyway, it's pretty cool. I like the base classes quite a bit, actually. Um, I think they all they all feel very kind of Robin Hoody, and then they also there's some cool um, cool things about them. In particular, um, I like, for instance, that a number of them gain an AC bonus for based on their level there's a a way in which that it allows for characters to be more lightly clad um which is always i feel like a sort of problem in traditional um based on traditional early D &D, um there's not a whole lot of combat reason for your character to go lightly clad Um, and I like the idea that this allows for, or is built around the idea that you're going to have, um, you know, Robin Hood, men in tights style 
you know, men wearing the Lincoln green and uh, lightly armored and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, it's pretty cool. Um, I'm not sure if I'm ever going to actually use this, um, but we'll see. It might be fun for, it seems like it would be a good sandbox resource because it would be, um, you know, you could just go adventuring around the forest and getting into trouble and all that sort of stuff. And anyway, that seems to me what, what sort of swords and wizardry and early D and D is really built for in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah, that is another option for a Robin hood game. So next on the list, we have one called hood swashbuckling adventures in Sherwood. This one is really interesting. It is a, um, dice pool game it works a little bit like um the way i understand that the cortex system works um the the marvel heroic role-playing system it's it's kind of an odd it's sort of like savage worlds if you rolled a whole bunch of dice for every savage worlds roll um if that makes sense. The idea being that you have all of these tags that have, um, you know, you have traits or professions or skills, all of which are rated at a die rating. And you put together a collection of all of the different dice that are involved in the roll. And you roll all of these dice. Excuse me. And you're looking for fours or higher on the as successes. So obviously with a D4, you can only succeed if you roll a four out of four. But on a D10, it's pretty easy to roll a four through ten. Um, and so what you're doing is you're comparing the total rolled number of successes versus the needed number of successes. And that gets you a... Um, a specific uh, result as to whether or not you succeeded or failed, right? You get as many or more successes rolled than you succeeded. If you get less than you failed. Um, this is really designed for kind of, kind of similar to the way that Sherwood, the legend of Robin hood was built around this kind of had this sort of swashbuckling system. This one is really built on, um, on um, this idea of Robin Hood, Errol Flynn, swashbuckling, all of that sort of stuff. Um, there's some... Doo -doo -doo. Uh, some special rules for special things. So like there's the Clash of Blades, which is when um, two characters roll... Uh, a tie in melee combat allows each character to try something and there's sort of a, like, you know, try to guess what the other person is going to do. Um, there's also um, conditions. So physical conditions and then um, basically um, Conditions are used to determine how um, 
your um, how basically conditions are used instead of something like hit points and they describe kind of how your character is doing, whether they're um, outmaneuvered, all of that sort of stuff. Um, then there's pluck and swashbuckling momentum. There's a lot of stuff about this that basically is um, all sorts of uh, special things that you can do um, that are designed to simulate this kind of swashbuckly adventure thing. Um, it looks, it, it seems very cool. It, it seems to me like this would be a system that is a little bit hard um, to play in or that it wouldn't play that quickly because you're rolling a big handful of dice every time um, unless you're doing that it would work really well for kind of story mode style you know i try to climb up the castle wall and here's one roll for climbing the castle wall and wouldn't work quite as well for things like, you know, I don't know. This just feels to me like a system that wouldn't work as well when you were dealing with a large group of players or with like, say a um, fight between, for instance, if you had like five player characters and five NPCs that they're fighting, that it would get um, slow down really quickly um, because it's got a kind of complicated dice roll mechanic and all that sort of stuff. Although maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it would um, go really quickly. Um, who knows? I, um, anyway, it, uh, so this, this system really similar to the other ones, you've got a, a kind of gazetteer about Robin Hood and Sherwood and all of that sort of stuff. Lots of information about the world the system also comes with a number of adventures in the back of the book, which is, uh, I think always a plus, um, there are a handful of them, five or six adventures, um, that are built into the main book. Anyway, um, Hood Swashbuckling Adventures in Sherwood. It's, yeah, a kind of complicated, multi-sized dice pool system. Um, seems interesting enough. I don't know. I'm not sure I'm ever going to get a chance to play this one in particular. This this seems like it's probably a little too complicated to my face-to-face -face group and would just bog down into real slow online. It's harder to use the multiple dice sizes online in Roll20, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not trying to damn this game with faint praise because I think it is a good 
it looks like a pretty cool game. I just um, am having a hard time thinking about when I would actually get to play it. So the next Robin Hood game I am going to um, review is called Darkwood. And Darkwood is a really interesting system. I gather that it's an older system um, because it says classic reprint on the cover. So I assume that that means, yeah, the, the copyright says 2001-2018 Pressis Intermedia. So I guess it came out in 2001 at first. Written, designed, and edited by Steve Garnett. Um, it's designed for specifically for playing Robin Hood style adventures. Um, there's no actual Robin character in it, but it's it's basically built, as far as I can tell, for playing. Um, yeah, for playing Robin Hood style adventures in a sort of pastiche 12th to 13th century England and all that sort of stuff. Um, it has an interesting core mechanic. It's D20 roll under and you get your target number based on an attribute and a skill. So there's, um, there's no, well, there's no official list of skills. There's a suggested list of skills. Um, but then the idea is you have five, five or six attributes. Let me double check. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six attributes, not the standard six attributes, though. And you add your skill to these, and you roll, trying to roll underneath the sum of those two, plus or minus any modifiers. There's also um, a crit range, so there's a couple of different... One of the interesting things about this is that this this game seems to have embraced the idea that you're going to house rule it and tinker with it and try to get it just right, I guess. Um, so, for instance, there's multiple rules for determining crit range and fumble range, but the general idea is that there's four sort of success zones based on your roll with the D20. Roll really low, you get a crit roll under the score, under the target number based on the attribute and um, skill, you get a success, roll above, you get a failure, and roll a 20 or too high, you get a fumble. Um, there's some other interesting mechanical stuff going on in this system. Um, so... Character creation is fairly straightforward. It's points by, and so you get points, uh, a certain number of points to build your character to um, deal with the the core six attributes. And then based on how you spent your points in the attributes, you get a certain number of points for skills. And then there's um, rules for kind of extra points to do some drawbacks and advantages to get... Um, to get more um, stuff, to get more skills, all that sort of stuff. Um, the combat system is interesting. I I read through it, and it's sort of unclear to me whether or not you take wounds separately or you. it looks kind of like 
you add together wounds, but there's also, I don't know, it's sort of unclear. Um, but you basically, you have stun and physical damage. Stun being just, you know, like getting hit with a punch and physical being hit with the sword. Um, there's uh, different states of health based on basically um, based on percentages of your your physical and your stun health ratings. Um, like I said, so I'm, I'm just going through the PDF right now. There's a lot of stuff that is about the um, world, and it's really pretty cool. There's an overview of medieval England, stuff, the three sections, men who fight, men who pray, men who work, warlocks, witches, spirits, and demons, and then there's gazetteers that go from kind of close in on Nottinghamshire and Derbyshire up to England and then the the rest of Great Britain and Europe and stuff. Then there's two full adventures, a section on selected tales of Robin Hood and an appendix that the appendix actually has the rule summary um, section and the weapons and armor tables, which are not in the main section i don't think there's not the actual rules for the weapons are just on the summary rules which is kind of odd but um anyway um Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. Um, it doesn't have a character sheet on Rule 20 or anything, but I think that the core um, system is simple enough that it would probably be totally playable without an automated character sheet or anything like that since it's mostly just... It's all D20 rolls, actually, even damage. Damage is based on... If you successfully hit, it's based on your weapon. There's a flat damage amount for your weapon plus a modifier based on your brawniness. Um, so anyway, that's pretty cool. So yeah, Darkwood, Darkwood, um, it is pretty interesting. I like the system. It seems to me to be a good blend between being like a pure kind of skill-based system and having those attributes matter. Because, um, for instance, there's some games like in, for instance, in um, King Arthur Pendragon, the attributes do matter some, but they don't really affect your skills at all after character creation um, versus in this having um, attributes gives you like a good chance to to do things even that you're not actually skilled in right like if you have a high awareness and you don't have tracking but awareness is probably what you would use for tracking you could still possibly succeed because you have a high attribute um Anyway, it's a it's a pretty interesting system. Darkwood is pretty cool. It's 
of the ones that I am going over in this episode, it is probably one of the two that I'm most likely to use. Uh, the other one being the next one that I'm going to talk about, Romance of the Perilous Land. Um, but uh, Dark Darkwood is, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. It is a um, interesting system with a lot of information on the world as well. A lot of these have a lot of world information, but um, yeah, I I quite like this system um, as far as systems go. I tend to like the D twenty roll under. Um, there's something about that that seems a little less fiddly to me than percentile systems. Um, even though I know that it's you're doing basically the same thing, percentile roll under versus D20 roll under. But I don't know. There's something about it that seems like it just it, it sort of makes a lot of sense and doesn't feel as kind of like, oh, I might get stuck with you know, making 95s and 99s for two or three rolls. Um, somehow, I don't know. And it doesn't hurt that that's sort of the way that Pendragon works. Pendragon, which is one of my favorites, does D20 roll under um, for skills. And so this the similarities with Pendragon um, are pretty cool and probably part of why I like it. So yeah, that's Darkwood. So the final game that I'm going to talk about is Scott Malthouse's Romance of the Perilous Land Revised Edition. Um, I'm calling it the Revised Edition because there was an original Pay What You Want edition on DriveThruRPG, and then Osprey, I guess, bought the rights or however it happened. Osprey has published a new version, um, and it has some changes from the original version. The original version was much more of a direct, um, directly from the Black Hack. The core mechanic of this one is still the same Black Hack roll under attribute thing, but um, it's got some changes. So, Romance of the Perilous Land, what is it? It is role playing British folklore, King Arthur and Robin Hood, and all of that sort of stuff. Um, characters are built on attributes along with uh, a class, a background, a starting talent, some money and equipment, name, age, backstory, all the standard stuff. But the attributes are at the core of this system because almost all the rolling that you do is D20 roll under attribute. And you have five attributes in this system. Might, which is kind of like strength. Reflex, which is kind of like dexterity. Constitution, mind, which is kind of like a combination of intelligence and wisdom, um, and charisma. So the way that it works is when you try to do something, you decide which attribute is the most relevant. Um, roll 1d20, try to get under that attribute. The attributes increase over time every two levels or every every 
a couple of levels, they increase all attributes increase by two. I'm pretty sure is what it, what, if I remember correctly, the way it works is that like every at third, sixth, ninth, and 12th, maybe all attributes, just everything increases by two. Um, in addition to the hit point scaling and all that sort of stuff. Um, there's also skills. The way skills work is basically just they give you an, um, the only kind of change to that D20 rolling is that sometimes you roll with advantage or disadvantage. If you have a particular skill um, in a certain attribute, when you make the attribute test using that relevant skill, you roll with advantage. So you just roll twice and take the better result. Um, or you might have a certain situation where the GM says, okay, if you don't have this skill, you're going to have to roll with disadvantage. Um, in this game, it's called edge, rolling with edge. Um, but it's it's the same sort of thing. Um, then there are classes. The classes are pretty cool. The PDF is really going slowly on my computer. I don't know why. Maybe it's not optimized very well. Or maybe it's just my computer with a whole bunch of things open, or who knows. Um, but you have the knight, the ranger, the cunning folk, the thief, the barbarian, and the bard. Um, each of these, in some ways, having an obvious kind of um, role. The, the knight and the barbarian both being kind of frontline fighters. Um the knights are more kind of heavy armor wearers and the barbarians, I believe have a rage ability. Um, rangers are uh, not animal companion rangers. They're more Robin hoodie sort of rangers. Cunning folk are your spellcasters, um, thieves, pretty straightforward. And bards are your sort of charisma characters. So, um, Anyway, pretty cool stuff. I'm going to pause the recording here and go. I have a physical copy of the game, too, so I don't know why I'm using the PDF other than it's convenient for it to be right here. Um, but my PDF reader is frozen on Romance of the Perilous Land, so I will be right back. So... Continuing on, Romance of the Perilous Land. Um, it's a really nice book, I will say, and it's on Amazon, so you can get it for cheap. It's not print-on-demand or anything. Um, it is a nice book with lots of nice art and a bunch of really cool stuff. Um, there's a lot of stuff about the world in here. There's this kind of imagined version of Britain... Um, that is sort of semi-Arthurian, but also has other kingdoms in it too. And the whole Robin Hood thing and all of that. Um, yeah, it's very cool. Um, anyway, five character attributes roll under them to do things. Skills give you edge when you're doing things. Then you have classes. Classes have some class features. So for instance, um, the knight can choose to take damage um, 
for that an ally would take within five feet of them or the knight can um, at level three, the knight chooses a favored weapon type, such as the long sword. The knight rolls with edge on attacks with this weapon. Um, anyway, so there are six classes, as I said, um, and they do all sorts of cool stuff. Then we choose a character background. Background just basically gives you skills and a little bit of starting gear. Um, but it helps flesh out the character. And then we have talents. All classes gain a new talent at 2, 4, 6, 8, and 10. And then the talent list um, has a whole bunch of different special things that you can do. So some of it's pretty simple. So like agility, increase your reflex score by one to a maximum of 10 feet. When jumping over a distance, difficulty is lowered by 10 feet. You cannot fall prone as a result of an attack. So it basically makes you a little more agile. Um, armor recovery, the way armor works in this system is that it is a flat um, damage reduction that gets... Um, used up the during the fight and then you have to kind of like recover so uh, what armor recovery does is it's basically equivalent to your character kind of catching their breath to be able to use their armor uh, effectively um, but there's a bunch of um, really cool talents in here. They're basically like feats and they do special things like feats. Um, there's some stuff that doesn't have rules as far as I can tell. So like two weapon fighting, it says you may use two single handed weapons in combat, but I don't see maybe it's later that, um, There's rules for two-weapon fighting in case you have it. Um, and then we have a character sheet filled out. Scott's character sheet for Theana of Corbinic. Corbinic being um, Pelham's castle, of course. Anyway. Um, so yeah, it is a, a pretty neat system. Um, then we have an equipment section, lots of weapons, lots of different armor, then rules and prices for lots of adventuring equipment, um, some prices for things like hospitality, transportation, playing the game, making attribute checks. Almost everything you do is an attribute check. Um, there's a difficulty rating table which I think is kind of odd because what it says is as characters gain levels and their attributes increase, difficulty ratings for checks also increase. Consult the table to find out the correct difficulty rating for a given task. So it basically means that the penalty gets higher as the character gets higher leveled. It seems to me that that is a little bit silly. And if you wanted to make it harder as things get higher level, just don't increase their attributes at all or rule that they can only increase like one attribute one time for it when all attributes could increase by two or something like that. But that's just me. That's just kind of um, edges and setbacks advantage and disadvantage 
it's it's just that. Um, contested attribute checks. So um, there are no true opposed rules in the sense that this, like the black hack, the player uh, is the one who is rolling all the time. So the way it works is that um, an enemy's hit dice become the difficulty of doing things to the enemy. So like if you want to hit a nine hit die dragon with your sword, it's a might check, but nine less than your might. So if you have a might of 18, you will have trying to roll a nine or lower. Um, but it's very much like the black hack, just with a slightly different set of attributes. Saving throws. It just lists what sort of things are um, connected. And then there's all these lists, basically, of what the attributes are used for and what sort of skills are um, useful um, or connected with them. Um, combat. It's just a reflex check to see if you go before or after the enemies. Um, actions in combat, two actions per turn from the following list. You can only make one attack per turn unless I suspect there is a talent that says you can make multiple. Um, there's rules for distances, but there's also rules for close, near, and far. Melee attacks use might. Ranged attacks use reflex. Um... There's a damage bonus based on the might or reflex of the character. Um, there's uh, rules for mounted combat and armor in combat. Mounted combat is really simple. You just have to make a, an animal handling check or a charisma check um, to be able to ride, to, to, to do... Uh, the thing, if the mount is unwilling to be ridden, assume that if it's your horse, you don't have to do anything. Um, there's some special combat maneuvers. Um, basically, so like ferocious attack. Ferocious attack is made with a setback, but plus two damage if it hits. You get the idea. Um Oh, fighting with two weapons. Here's the rule. It um, is that that I mentioned. Um, some conditions. Um, things like prone or restrained or slowed or unconscious. Healing and dying. Um, heroes regain all of their lost HP after an eight-hour rest. Resting must be uninterrupted, non-strenuous activities such as sleeping, sitting, or meditating. Characters can also recuperate lost HP after a 10-minute short rest. After short rest, roll your class hit die, the result being the amount of HP your character regains. Player reaches zero HP. They... Um, Go unconscious. Characters are considered dead when they reach negative half of their HP. While in negative HP, they're considered bleeding out and take 1d4 HP damage every hour. Um, 
I would probably have that be a lot more, um, a lot quicker, but you know, Valor points, um, Valor points are just a meta currency that allow you to do special things. Um, so there's one that is um, reroll a die, gain three HP, gain edge on your next attack, reduce damage taken by five. If you were to fall unconscious, you instead return to one HP. Then there's a lot of stuff about adventuring, all sorts of natural hazards that are part of it. Um, experience point leveling um, versus quest leveling. Quest leveling being just milestone and experience points being, you know, experience. We have a section on spell casting and there's a spell list. Then we have the world of the perilous land, which is, is cool. Um, it's a neat kind of semi-Arthurian world. I... Semi-Arthurian isn't quite right. It's 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 a pastiche of both Arthurian legend and all sorts of other legends and all sorts of other stuff. Um, but it's pretty cool. It's knights in shining armor and also Robin Hood and also all sorts of things like that. Um, there's the sort of Welsh 13 treasures of the Perilous Land, items of wonder, locations, kingdoms. Ascalon, Benwick, Camelot, Corbinic, Eastland, Eskos, Listinos, Lioness, Gore, Hutton, Norhot. Um, there's no map, which is kind of funny. I mean, it's it's all th – these names are all taken from Arthurian literature. So if you wanted, you could go into the Great Pendragon campaign and map out where all of these places are supposed to be. Um, or use their map for where all these places are supposed to be. Um, but then there's also – there's uh, other sorts of stuff are there. There are uh, worked up characters, aren't there? Um, gods of the Perilous Land, factions of the Perilous Land, um, allies of Camelot, the Knights of the Round Table, the Merry Men of Sherwood, the Order of the Fisher King, the Dark Powers, the Black Lance, and the Sisters of La Fay. Um, uh, personalities of the Perilous Land. King Arthur of Camelot is a level 10 knight. Um, Lady Guinevere is a level 7 knight. Sir Lancelot is a level 10 knight. Robin Hood is a level 10 ranger. Mordred is a level 10 knight. Merlin is a level 10 cunning folk. Morgan Le Fay is level 9 cunning folk. Um, and then we have a bestiary, lots of cool creatures from myth. Um, bestiary, it's also really easy to create. Uh, I, I don't know if you've actually played the black hack, but enemies in the black hack are basically a certain number of hit dice, which equals to there, which means a certain amount of hit points, and then a damage rating based on the amount of hit die that they have. So, um, and player characters do all the rolling. So it's, you know, I roll might to hit and I roll um, might to, you know, hold the dragon's jaws open so that it doesn't bite me or roll reflex to dodge out of the way or whatever. Um, but it, they're, they're really simple and um, 
the damage dice is is uh, pretty straightforward. Lots and lots of different stuff, a lot of different fairy tale creatures, and some quality art to go with it. I will say that's one of the big one of the things that I mentioned is that the the art in this book is high quality. It looks really nice, and it's got a nice like border on every page, and it looks kind of like weathered paper, and yeah, generally pretty cool stuff. Um, so yeah, that, and then we have a guide for game masters, um, types of campaigns, narrative versus tactical play, creating adventures, choosing your setting, allies and enemies, motives, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then a character sheet at the back and a index. So yeah, Romance of the Perilous Land. It is pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. I like Romance of the Perilous Land quite a bit. Um, yeah. It's a it's a um I haven't gotten to play it yet, but this is probably what I would use this or Darkwood, honestly, of, of the games that I've gone over are the ones that I'm most likely to use. Um, I haven't ever gotten Fate to work that well, so that sort of rules out Wolf he Wolf's Head. Well, I haven't tried Fate that much, um, and I should probably give it another chance. But um, Sherwood, The Legend of Robin Hood, pretty cool stuff. If I wanted to play Swords and Wizardry or 5e, I would use that. Um, Hood, Swashbuckling Adventures in Sherwood. Seems like a really cool system, but um, hard to play online. Darkwood and Romance of the Perilous Land both seem like simple enough systems that I could play them pretty easily online, and that they would be a lot of fun to run a sort of Robin Hood. Obviously, you could do other things with them. Darkwood is more specifically just Robin Hood versus Romance of the Perilous Land. You can also do, like, you know, King Arthur knights adventurous type stuff um but yeah that is the list that is a whole set of different games that you could use to run robin hood style adventures um yeah i hope you enjoyed i have been arlen walker i've been live from palin's wasteland i will see you next time take care everybody